so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. So this final chapter of uh, John's Gospel, uh, if you read the commentaries on it, it gets argued about a bit because John gave such a concluding passage uh, at the end of John chapter 20 that, that some commentators think, well... This, this last chapter must not be original. John mustn't have written it. Someone's stapled it on to the back of John's gospel later on. There's no actual evidence uh, in, in the, the record of the ancient text that we have that John's gospels ever appeared without this chapter. But, but it does touch on this seems like a, an extra story, a little uh, epilogue, it's called, a little bonus bit of material. John's wrapped up his gospel, but then he feels he needs to share one more thing with us. One last encounter with Jesus, We know this wasn't their last encounter with Jesus. That happened on the Mount of Olives uh, before he ascended into heaven. But, but this was one last moment that John wanted to share uh, with those who would hear his testimony and read it. It's a, it's a message about encountering Jesus. It's a story where Peter is restored to his purpose and his calling. And I don't know about you, um, but... Often my thoughts, and, and when we preach John 21, we usually go to the second half of that where there's this uh, interaction between Jesus and Peter and it's intimate. Look at that first half that was read for us this morning. Uh, this, the title of this morning's message is Gone Fishing. John, uh, sorry, John records that the disciples are back in Galilee. Uh, so there's some time that has passed here. We're still in that first period uh, of, of weeks after Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, it's still whilst he is appearing to his disciples. It's still within that 40 days, but some time has passed. They've gone back home to Galilee. We're in this time period between the resurrection and Pentecost where, where all of the disciples and, and others have seen the risen Jesus Christ, but they've not yet received the Holy Spirit and had the transformation that only the Spirit brings, the empowerment that only the Spirit brings. <clears throat> Pardon me. So they're in a in-between season. They're in between the cross and resurrection and the Pentecost and, and the birth of the church, so to speak. They're in between what was and what will be. And I, so perhaps some of us this morning are feeling like we're in an in-between season. We're in between what was pre-COVID, whatever that was, and what will be, whatever that will be. <clears throat> some of us might be in between other things in life where we're, we're, we're stepping away from, from the known, but we're not yet into the new known, the new life, the new pattern. We're, we're in between. And so that's where Peter is this morning. And, and there's a tension that happens in the in-between place, that you're, you're pulled between them. And that's where Peter is. So in verse 3 of John 21, in the first part of that, Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Now, we need to remember that this isn't just a recreational activity. He hasn't gone out in his dinghy with a few tinnies to spend the day on the water. Peter, the first thing we learn about him is that he is a fisherman. This is his career. This is his occupation. Uh, the, the, the passage tells us essentially they fished overnight. 
This wasn't a recreational thing. He says, I'm going out to fish. We'll go with you, said some others. And so they went out and got in their boat and spent the night fishing. Two thousand years from this moment, uh, often as we read this, often as we preach this, and I've I've kind of touched on it this way myself in the past. Some commentaries talk about it this way. We're often critical about Peter going back to fishing. We often talk about it as if he's abandoned his mission and his calling. We often talk about it and think about it as if he's gone back to what he used to know. When he should have stayed on path with Jesus. And maybe there's some truth in that, but, but it implies that there's something else Peter should have been doing. Jesus had risen from the grave, but the disciples still needed to eat. This was in this moment, this in-between moment when, when the, the, the job of being the apostles, the leaders of the church... It uh, wasn't so huge that, that others had to be appointed to take care of the practical needs. Like we tell, read after the day of Pentecost that, that the apostles, rather than waiting on tables, need to focus on, on word and prayer. But that moment hasn't yet come. They still are essentially taking care of their own needs. And we remember that, that Peter uh, had at least a wife because we, we read of his mother-in-law's healing. He had people to provide for. To think that Peter shouldn't have been fishing is to imply that, well, he should have been doing something else. And so it makes me think we're we're so often filled with too many shoulds as Christians. Not that we should throw off all responsibility and, and do whatever. What I mean is we're filled with so many shoulds that equal a formula. They always amount to doing more, trying harder to to encounter Jesus in a sense. Like I should pray in my prayer closet for 27 hours a day if I want to encounter Jesus in my life. We're so often filled with shoulds. And and don't get me wrong, I, I, I urge and encourage, I'm all for habits that cultivate a relationship and intimacy with Jesus. I'm all for, and I've preached about this not that long ago, about prayer and scripture and worship and gathering together. I'm all for those habits that build our faith and intimacy with Jesus. But, but I want to stress this morning, they're not a formula to conjure up the presence of Jesus. They're not shoulds that we should, should should do, otherwise we won't ever encounter Jesus. Peter went fishing and encountered Jesus there. If we think about some of the other biblical encounters with Jesus, Paul was on the road to Damascus to arrest and murder Christians, and he encountered Jesus there. I mean, if we want to take biblical formulas to, to conjure up an encounter with Jesus, then, then we could pick from those, I guess. The point I want to make this morning is, I, I, I want to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you to spend time in His Word. I, I, I want to encourage you to do all of those things because they're good for us in our faith. They build our faith. But don't let them become the shoulds 
that without which you can't possibly encounter Jesus. Sometimes we need to just go fishing and be ready to encounter him there. And if you know me and know how I feel about fishing, I entirely mean that metaphorically. Fishing might mean anything for you. I'm sure Peter spent plenty of time urgently praying about the next season, but he also felt the freedom to simply just go fishing. I don't know what fishing might look like for you. Maybe it is fishing. Maybe it's taking a walk. Uh, maybe it's, it's, it's taking a breather. Maybe it's knitting. Maybe it's crocheting. Maybe it's hiking. Maybe it's working. As I said, this wasn't you know, on, on the boat on a tinny with a few tinnies spending the day relaxing for Peter. This was work. Maybe it's engaging yourself in something meaningful in a practical sense. There is no formula. Give yourself the freedom to go fishing, whatever that represents. And so Peter encounters Jesus uh, with the other disciples that were with him while he was fishing. And I want to jump to verse 7. When uh, they have this moment where they realize where, where, where John says to Peter... It's the Lord. And so how does Peter respond? It says in verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped in the water. Peter dove into the water towards the encounter with Jesus. He was ready for that moment. And so I do believe that Peter spent plenty of time in prayer and scripture and worship and in that it did cultivate a readiness to launch himself towards Jesus. He was alert to the presence of Jesus in his everyday life, we could say. He was ready to dive in. He was ready to pursue Jesus as soon as he was aware of his presence. And I think that gives us a good model. Yes, we, we need to give ourselves the freedom to take a breather, to, to step away from the, I should do this, I should do that, so that I can encounter Jesus. But we also need to be ready to dive in towards him. <clears throat> I have this, I don't know if it's a habit, a, a, a behavior. I, I've never really put a name to it, but this morning I'm going to call it frustration blinkers. Uh, and, and this is a moment where my vision narrows. And I don't just mean my, my literal vision, I mean my perception of the world narrows because I'm frustrated about a problem and I'm trying to solve it. I might be the only one, but, but others might share this experience when you get frustrated about something, when there's a problem you're trying to solve, when there's, there's something you're trying to work through. And, and so your, your awareness of the world narrows. And so for me, this, this narrows my awareness of the presence of others. That could be my, uh, the most loved people in my world, my wife and my children. But if I'm, if I'm locked in a, a uh, frustration blinkers moment, all I can see is the, the problem and not the people around me. I, I had a moment uh, like this uh, a couple of days ago. Last week, I said happy birthday to my son, Caleb. And, and one of the presents we got for him for his birthday was a little camera. And so um, I was tasked with getting the photos off the camera onto the computer. And, and it came with a program that would do that, 
except for because my computer was a Mac and had been updated to the latest version of the Mac, that this software wouldn't work anymore. Uh, it said it won't work, you need an older version of the software. And so I had frustration blinkers. I was less aware of the world around me because I was focused in on this problem. Ironically, the answer came to me while I went for a walk <laughs> with the family. Uh, I remembered out of the blue walking around that I had an old Mac in the shed uh, that I, I hadn't used for years because it was so slow but hadn't been updated. And long story short, that Mac works to get uh, the photos off of Caleb's camera. But the point is sometimes uh, we have blinkers. We're so focused on the problems, we're so focused on, on the shoulds, the need tos, the I musts, that Jesus could be standing right in our midst and we wouldn't see him. We're not, we're not alert and ready to dive into his presence. So not only do we, we, we have the freedom to go fishing, whatever that means for us, we want to do that with an awareness and an alertness and a readiness to dive in to Jesus and what he's doing. Let's not be so fixated that we miss the presence of Jesus. Let's not be so fixated on fixing the problems around us that we miss Jesus, who is always the answer to the problem. And so a phrase that I often kind of use is pursuing the presence of Jesus. And so that certainly means, you know, encouragement to spend time in scripture in prayer in worship in gathering with the church but it also means simply being ready to dive in when you see jesus in your life peter thought he went out to the sea of galilee to fish but he really went out there to encounter jesus to be renewed In my life, the, the, the story of having to fix a technical thing uh, in our family isn't that uncommon. I'm, like a lot of parents, have become, uh, in a sense, the in-house IT consultant. Um, I confess that I have extremely limited capabilities uh, in that department. Um, and I'm very much already on the verge of being completely transcended by my children uh, in their IT capabilities, actually. You know, in the home learning season that we're in, often I have been asked a question and I was like, I know so much less about this than you. Um, but a key phrase, um, which isn't uncommon to the IT world that, that I have in my you know, IT consultancy with my family is, uh, you may have heard this, have you tried turning it off and turning it on again? It's one of those cliches that becomes a cliche because it's true. A lot of problems are solved with our technical devices simply by turning them off and turning them on again. And so I want to, I'm telling that story because I think this is also a turning it off and turning it on again moment for Peter, his purpose and his ministry. In this in-between moment for his faith, this is a turning it off and turning it on again moment. This is, uh, if, if you're a Mac user, this is a moment where, for Peter, it's like the spinning wheel of death, that, that you know, rainbow-coloured thing that comes up in the place of the mouse cursor that, that spins, saying, I'm trying to sort something out, and you never know whether that's going to take a minute or a decade, or you're going to have to turn it off or turn it on again. If you're, if you're a Windows user, I think it's uh, still the hourglass, I don't know. 
I haven't used a Windows computer for some time, but it's, it's the hourglass of death that you're, like, you're telling me I'm thinking, but I don't know if you're ever going to solve the problem. This is like that moment for Peter. He's in this moment where stuff's happening, but he doesn't know how long it's going to take. And so this is, in a sense, a turn it off, turn it on again moment. What do I mean by that? Well, in John 21, verses 3 to 6, it says, Peter says, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you, have you, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And so hold that thought while we turn now to Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. This is one of Peter's first encounters with Jesus. On that day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that's actually the same lake that we're talking about um, in John, just different names for it. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that is Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. And so this moment in John 21 is a resetting for Peter and for the others that were with him. It's a going back to the start for the first encounter they had for Jesus. It's a a redoing of that. For Peter, he might have been there by accident. He might have just gone out and thought he was hungry and needed to fish and earn a few dollars to get them through the next few weeks. I, I don't know what Peter's motivation was. We don't know. But I don't think it was by accident for Jesus. It was by his design. Peter gets renewed clarity of purpose in going back to where it all began for him. In a redoing of that first encounter. It's the same lake. It's the same fishless night. And it's the same abundant catch at the word of Jesus. And so even before this moment that we often focus on over breakfast where, where, where Jesus, in a sense, interviews Peter, restores Peter, there's a renewal of purpose in this moment out on the lake as Peter's pulling in fish. Peter's faith had become about lots of things along the journey. A few chapters ago, we saw him swinging swords. 
Uh, he, he, he was, uh, in a moment before that, he was declaring that he would never abandon Jesus. That it was about bravado. Peter's faith had become about so many things. And so Jesus, in a sense, turns it off and turns it on again. He renews Peter to that calling, that the reminder of that first encounter when he was called to be a fisher of men. And then in his conversation, he adds to that metaphor, the one of being a shepherd to Jesus' people. And so this morning, if you feel like you're in that moment of, of, of tension between things, if, if your life feels like, and it feels like this a bit for all of us at the moment, the, the spinning wheel on our computers and we don't know if it's going to work itself out or not. I want to ask you if you're in that, that season in your life, have you tried turning it off and turning it on again? Not turning your life off, of course, don't do that. But we are in between, we're in this spinning wheel moment, we're stuck. Are we ever going to tick over to the next season if we're frustrated? I want to encourage you to go back to the start. Intentionally revisit and reset that moment of your first encounter with Jesus. Go back to that place where you first fell in love with Jesus, where you first gave yourself to him. Go to that, back to that place where you first felt called by him. Return to your first love, as Jesus himself says in Revelation. I don't mean to forget all that you've learned along the way. Peter certainly didn't forget everything that he learned along the way to this moment in his life. But there's so much power in going back to the start, remembering those first words of Jesus, remembering that first calling to a purpose, hitting the reset button on our faith. And so if that's you in this season, in the I don't know how long until we tick over to the next thing. I don't know how long I get, it is until I get my cursor back and I've got some control over the situation. If that's you, I want to encourage you to take this opportunity to revisit that moment. Revisit those early days of faith. Reset. And so this final story that John gives us about a night fishing and a breakfast of fish and bread... is one that I think we should be really grateful for. It tells us there is no formula. When it comes to seeking and encountering Jesus, there is no formula. We should certainly pray. See, I even use the word should. I encourage you to pray, to read scripture, to worship, to gather with the church. Those things are so nourishing, equipping and strengthening for the believers. But give yourself the freedom to go fishing as well. And maybe that's the place that you will encounter him in a new way. And when you do, be ready to dive in. Let's not get so fixated on the here and now, the problems before us, uh, that we're not ready to dive into the presence of Jesus and to go with what he's doing. To leave the, the, the catch of fish behind. 
It's funny, isn't it, that, that Peter spent all night trying to catch fish and now he had finally hauled a, a, a catch of fish into the boat. He didn't care about them anymore because all he cared about was Jesus. He dove in. Let's be ready, not blinkered, so that we can dive in. And in this season, where it feels like the wheels are just spinning, when it doesn't look like there's an easy step forward, I want to encourage us to reset our faith, to go back to the beginning like Jesus took Peter back to the beginning and find a renewed sense of purpose and passion and love for him there. And so as Ali and James come, they're going to lead us in a final song, but I pray now that I know that each of us have had a different journey towards Jesus, but I pray now that whether it is that first moment or it's another key moment along the way, that as we worship, as we sing in our homes, as we give glory to Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit would take us back to a, to a key moment that would renew us, give us fresh hope in our faith for the, for the days ahead. And so I pray that now, Father. I pray that we would let go of all the shoulds, even when those are beautiful, wonderful things that will build our faith, but we let go of the should part of that. I pray that you would take the blinkers off, that we would be free to see Jesus and dive towards him. And I pray now that as we worship our Lord and Saviour, that if we've come to a place of just spinning, that you would turn us off and turn us on again, that you would reset us, that you would take us back to the beginning. Not to lose the wisdom we've gained along the way, but to regain the freshness of our faith. To regain that first love. To regain that first calling. As we dive in towards Jesus, we also pray in his name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.